Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Surprise, surprise. The bonus episode, a breaking news bonus episode. It's not exactly breaking news at this point. It's a couple days old. There really was a part of me that said I'd just wait until the podcast on Thursday to drop my opinions on this big news. But then I realized that by Thursday we'll be in a different world. And quite frankly, there is so much to get into here that the podcast would end up being three hours long. Got to put in an interview, four other stories cover this and whatever happens between now and next Thursday? I don't think so. Why not give a little bonus content now, just like last week? This is becoming a pretty regular thing. A lot of content going out there. Just like last week, this is a free bonus episode to everybody. All subscribers to Not Sam Wrestling are getting access to this Not Sam Wrestling bonus show. I don't even have Robbie E. Robert Strauss bringing you this one. This one is brought to you by me. Of course, Bonus episodes are usually exclusive to Patreon, to the Not Sam Shells at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. We'll have uh, an AEW Fighter Fest post-show exclusively at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. A live video feed of the show where you can uh, chime in. Uh, a, a saved video feed and then an audio, and that will all be available at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And the video of this show that you're listening to right now in its entirety, yep, I'm recording, <laughs> will be available uh, at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. But I decided to put this audio out to everybody because everybody's talking about it, quite frankly. I was over at the Wrestling Universe store yesterday where I found an ECW ring in box. It's mint in box. The box isn't mint. But the ring is mint in box. Very, very difficult to find with Sabu, with Rob Van Dam. I'm assuming with all the accessories. I haven't decided if I'm going to open it up yet or not. The box is a little beat up, which I like because it makes me, it motivates me to open it up and to really work on my uh, completing my ECW figure collection. But I get there, and the wonderful man that runs the Wrestling Universe store in Queens, New York here, that was the first question. Hey, what about Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff? So Thursday, the same day that Not Sam Wrestling comes out, we were 12 hours too late for the news to be talked about this week on the podcast. Uh, A tweet goes out. And when I first tweeted about it, when I first responded to the tweet, I swear to you, I thought this was a storyline thing. A tweet goes out with a picture of Paul Heyman and a picture of Eric Bischoff. And it says, Paul Heyman has been named uh, executive director of WWE Raw, while Eric Bischoff has been named executive director of SmackDown Live. And I was like, whoa. So immediately I thought it was storyline authority figure, and I was into it because I felt like this would be similar to when it was, you know, Ric Flair running Raw and Vince McMahon running SmackDown, or even the original idea 
of the of the draft brand split in its newest incarnation, where you had Stephanie running Raw and Shane running SmackDown, where the two shows are different, and there feels like there is some competition going on. There's a reason for Survivor Series to be uh, the one night of the year when Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head in competition. But because that's been missing for a long time now, and now with the wild card rule and all this stuff going on, it's like silliness. It's it's you know we, we we don't even have we don't even know who's on what brand anymore. So I figure okay, you know Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are two of the best on-screen authority figures of all time. I mean Paul Heyman, while he was the real life owner of ECW, being the guy that represented ECW to the people was incredible. I mean, just go back to One Night Stand 2005 and watch that promo that gets delivered. Obviously, Paul Heyman at that time is not the head of ECW. ECW is out of business already. But just listen to the promo he delivers. I mean, I don't have to uh, convince you guys that Paul Heyman is an excellent on-screen television character. I think that that's been pretty well established by now. At the same time, you've got Eric Bischoff, who not only, you know, say what you want about him, but in terms of WCW TV and Nitro, Eric Bischoff was a good authority figure on Nitro. Eric Bischoff, behind the microphone, was a good addition to the New World Order. You could argue that, you know, it led to him making bad decisions behind the scenes. You could argue that he favored himself too much and and put too much of a spotlight on himself. You could argue all of it, and that's fine. I'm willing to have those conversations, but... Just in terms of being a performer, I don't think you can argue that Eric Bischoff was a great performer in WCW. And then when he came to WWE, I would say next to Vicky Guerrero, he's one of the top two on-screen authority general manager figures of all time in WWE. Jack Tunney, Eric Bischoff, Vicky Guerrero. It doesn't get much better than that. So I'm saying this is all good. I click the link and this is what it says. WWE has named Paul Heyman as executive director of Monday Night Raw and Eric Bischoff as executive director of SmackDown Live, newly created positions reporting directly to WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon. And I'm going, huh, that doesn't sound exactly like I thought it was. It continues, in their executive roles, Heyman and Bischoff will oversee the creative development of WWE's flagship programming and ensure integration across all platforms and line of business. That doesn't sound like on-screen character work. The creation of these roles further establishes WWE's ability to continuously reinvent its global brand while providing two distinct creative processes for its flagship shows. So that's when I realized, this isn't even for on-screen. This is real life. They're bringing Paul Heyman in to be the head guy of Raw behind the scenes and Eric Bischoff to be the head guy of SmackDown behind the scenes. Now my mind is really blown because for the I believe for the first time ever, and who would have thought it would happen in 2019, you've got Vince McMahon, Paul Heyman, and Eric Bischoff. WWE, ECW, and WCW, all three working together as creative executives. Now, it is poetic justice that everybody's working under Vince McMahon, but still, I mean, just the fact that, you know, Think about it. You've got the, the the WWE established brands that we have. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. You could say 205 Live. You could say NXT UK. But those are more fringe brands off of these three big brands. You got Vince McMahon at the top of the food chain. And under him, you got Paul Heyman, 
Eric Bischoff, Triple H. Incredible. So that's a question that comes up right away. What about Triple H? I thought Triple H has always been the heir apparent, and what's going on with him? What about Stephanie McMahon? Well, Triple H uh, has made a statement, and he said, two people who pushed our... He did this on Twitter. He quote-tweeted the breaking news tweet from WWE, and he said, two people who pushed our industry and WWE forward over the last 25-plus years. Great to have Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff working on Raw and SmackDown Live. Welcome back, capitals, to the team. That's a good uh, uh, corporate response to the news by Triple H and uh, letting everybody know that there's no beef, there's no hostility, you know, in a very public way. Now, clearly, first, I mean, we, we there's, a, there's a lot to dissect here. First, why is it happening? That's the question that people say. Why is this happening now? Is Vince McMahon nervous about All Elite Wrestling? It, uh, apparently, the rumor is, last rumor that I read, is AEW is officially going to debut on TNT. I've heard the Wednesday before the first Friday that SmackDown debuts on Fox. Now, this does line up with the TV seasons, obviously, but it'll be that first week of October, I think. And you'll have Monday Night Raw in USA. Apparently, you're going to have AEW on TNT. And then you're going to have SmackDown on Fox every other day. Tuesday and Thursday, you're going to have to find something else to do with your life. But though Monday, Wednesday, Friday, those are your wrestling days. Unbelievable. Um, but that, that the point is that AEW is getting more and more serious. And by the way, anybody that's sitting there going like, well, why is WWE streaming Evolve the same night as AEW is doing this event? And you're going, okay, well, two days later, AEW saying we're going to debut on TV the same week as SmackDown debuts on Fox. Like... This it's it's a two sided situation here, um, but I don't think the other question is uh, what about the ratings? Is this uh, in response? Is this a panic in response to the, the the declining ratings of Raw and SmackDown? Of course, people have been keeping track of those. Originally, you could write the ratings uh, uh, declining off to. Well, you know, uh, less people are watching TV. There's more stuff going on on the internet, but now. When you're comparing it year to date from a year ago as opposed to from 10 years ago and you're seeing a a rapid decline that is not on par with other TV shows, that's when you start going, okay, there's something happening here and something that maybe is not connecting in the ways that we need it to connect. WWE is a very unique company and is, uh, is in a very unique position right now in the sense that for the longest time, and this was really all brought together, in my opinion, during the Monday Night Wars. I think that that's when the uh, the average person, the Joe Blow, if you will, started paying attention to TV ratings. TV ratings became the mark of success between Raw and Nitro. They're on at the same time. How do you tell which show is doing better? By the number of people watching. And by the way, it does bother me now that uh, they talk about Raw and Nitro. Let's say they're each doing 5 million viewers. And people go like, there were 10 million people watching wrestling every Monday night in that era. No, there weren't. Not even close. Like you would, you most people would have been flipping back and forth between Raw and Nitro. So a lot of people were being counted twice. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Five million is still a lot higher than the number of people watching Raw or SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown combined, uh, most weeks these days. So. Does it have to do with the ratings? You know, I'm going to tell you this, that WWE is in a unique position. And I bring this up because 
it's not just about the ratings anymore. So WWE, publicly traded company. Publicly traded companies have to look at the bottom line at the end of the day. Publicly traded companies, the success of that company is measured by the stock price. The stock price is measured by the overall picture of what the company looks like financially. Is the company making money? If the company is making money, I want to invest in it because if they keep making money, then my investment will go up. And if the investment goes up, then the company is going to be able to keep making money. It's a cyclical thing that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what the company is actually doing half the time. At the end of the day, regardless of what the ratings are week to week, the fact that the WWE's network is doing quite well, the fact that the WWE's TV deals are doing extraordinarily well in terms of financially, you know, the giant TV deals that they're signing, you know, in terms of money coming in overall, WWE is doing amazingly well, which is translating to stock price going up, up, up. So it's not like the company is doing poorly, but wrestling fans like me are not really worried about the stock price and not really worried about TV deals. You know, when wrestling fans complain about uh, Raw being too long because it's three hours and people go, well, you know, they're making a lot of money off of it. It's like, okay, I get that. And if I were running the company, I would probably do the same thing. But I'm not running the company. As a wrestling fan, all I care about is the creative product that I see on TV. So it doesn't matter to me how much money is being made. I think that aspect, there's been so much focus on making the company financially successful that the connection that's missing is some of the audience is going, well, hey, what about us being the end-all be-all? So the WWE is not in any real danger, and I think that it's going to be a really, 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 really long time before AEW makes anywhere near the kind of money that WWE makes. However, it's going to affect the WWE if AEW's TV ratings are better, if AEW starts drawing bigger numbers to shows, if if, if the, the sort of uh, general vibe is that creatively AEW is better. And I think that that is something that WWE may be responding to. But I think realistically, whether AEW exists or not, AEW has, I think, very little to do with what's going on right now. I think that the, the, the creativity inside the WWE and the TV ratings have the most to do with what's going on inside WWE. I think uh, Vince McMahon coming to terms with the fact that we need to make a change here in WWE doesn't have to do with competition because I don't think AEW is real competition to WWE right now. It doesn't have to do with competition. I think it has everything to do with just the idea that that when you pay attention to your fan base, you want to get interest up as high as possible. And I think that's what this move is all about. Now, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is still going to be in charge of the company. To the people who think that this is a bad thing, I would say that you're nuts, or at least pessimistic. You know, you can, of course, credit Vince McMahon for all the bad stuff that happens in WWE, all the stuff that doesn't make sense, all the storylines, that blah, blah, blah. Anything that you don't like, you can credit to Vince McMahon. But you also have to credit the stuff that you do like to Vince McMahon. By the same by the same logic that the stuff that you don't like is being credited to him, the stuff that you do like has to be credited to him. 
If, if, if Vince McMahon came out and said, I'm taking my hands, I'm going to focus on the XFL and our other business ventures. I'm going to focus on the business end of the WWE, and I'm not going to touch creative going forward. I'd go, pump the brakes a little bit, slow down. Slow down. Because I don't want Vince McMahon removing himself from creative. I like the idea of Vince McMahon bringing in new brains and maybe listening to those brains and new ideas because one man can only do so much. But I certainly don't think that any fan should realistically want him removed from this scenario altogether. I think that's silly, you know? WWE has done a lot of good stuff over the last 30 years, 35 years at this point. Um... You know, I think that uh, that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are the choices because at the end of the day, professional wrestling is a super unique business. It's a super unique, like there, there's nothing like running a professional wrestling company. There's no TV like a professional wrestling TV show. You know, it's one of those things that if you're a fish out of water, there's going to be an extremely long learning curve before you're in a position where you can really lock into it. Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are two of the very few people in the world that have successfully run wrestling TV shows. And I think that that's why they're being brought in. Um, it, they, everybody said that there are no current plans to creatively use them on television as TV characters beyond what Paul Heyman is already doing. Uh, I think that'll change immediately. And I think it should. I mean, when you've got, it's just creative assets that you should use. You know, if I'm Eric Bischoff and I'm running SmackDown and I know that I'm there, I'm putting myself on TV. People will respond to Eric Bischoff on SmackDown. Uh, same with Paul Heyman. You know, I think that that while Brock Lesnar's gone, you know, and I think it could get interesting and a, a little dicey, but I think it could also get pretty interesting the idea that Paul Heyman is in charge of Raw and is still an advocate for Brock Lesnar, I think that that, that could lead to, to things being unfair and, and interesting stories being told. You know, I like that. Um, and I think Eric Bischoff will, will be able to play favorites as well over on SmackDown Live. Um, you know, I and, and, and the rumor is that Triple H is going uh, to be focusing more on NXT you know, where you where people are able to just lock into Paul Heyman doing Raw, Eric Bischoff doing SmackDown, Triple H doing NXT. The the things that Triple H is doing in NXT are among my favorite things in the entire pro wrestling industry right now. So I'm not going to sit here and say anything but awesome. You know, if Triple H can use his, if that's true, and Triple H can use his full brain for NXT, I think that that's, that's great all around. You know, I also think that Triple H will still have a pretty major role in WWE business, in terms of uh, uh, speaking and and everything that you saw him doing on the twenty four seven Triple H WrestleMania special, where he's going to like business summits and he's representing the company in different uh, uh, speeches and whatnot, like that should be something that Triple H does because he's really really good at it. He's a super smart guy, and he gets the business and he gets where it's going. You know, I think that that you know I wouldn't see that changing. And I don't think it should. You know, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are just there to run two of WWE's TV shows. Uh, I would hope that even if it's only temporary, that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff do get some pretty, like that they get a lot of rope. 
proverbially speaking. I hope that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff do get an opportunity to really exercise that creative muscle. I think that they should, I would hope that they end up with separate writing teams that that maybe over time they figure out who they work with better or worse, uh, who works with them better or worse. Uh, but I think that as we get to October especially, Raw and SmackDown should feel like two separate entities. And I think that having two people who, while they both have experience in wrestling, are complete polar opposites running each show, I think that that'll be a really good thing. You know, I think at the end of the day, while Vince McMahon is still going to be running the shows, I would imagine the reason these guys are here is so that they can come to Vince McMahon and say, here's what I'm thinking, as opposed to Vince McMahon just sitting there going, here's what I'm thinking, implement this, implement that. I can't imagine that Eric Bischoff would uproot his life to go just do what Vince McMahon tells him to do. You know, I, I mean, why? I guess if you wanted a whole bunch of money, you you could do that. But if, if, if Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman weren't getting a lot of creative freedom, to, or at least weren't being promised a lot of creative freedom to do what it is that they do, I can't imagine them signing up for this. What would be the benefit in that? Money, I guess. But I don't think either of them are hurting. And Paul Heyman is already working at WWE. You know, that's where this thing was uh, caught everybody off guard. Uh, you know, I don't think that that many people were surprised that Paul Heyman would be moved up the ladder. You know, Paul Heyman's been working in WWE uh, for a long time. He's been working creatively there for a long time. You know, people kind of know that he works with a lot of the different superstars. We've seen him on like the uh, Alexa Bliss 365 working with her. We've seen him working with Ronda Rousey. Obviously, he works with Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, the idea that he would be put in this type of position is not a shock. Eric Bischoff, I don't even know if he's been talked about. I mean, if you li- I, I listen to his podcast with Conrad. That's kind of, I don't have that much time to listen to, uh, to podcasts just because I end up doing all these bonus shows and whatnot. But 83 Weeks has kind of become my go-to in terms of wrestling podcasts. And the way Bischoff talks, it doesn't seem like he's, not that he's against it, but that he's hungry or that he's politicking to get back into the WWE. He's never seemed like that. And he hasn't been anywhere near since leaving. So, you know, for that to kind of come out of the blue is a surprise. Um, but a really cool one, a really interesting one. Some promotional material came out, uh, I think, yesterday. And it was uh, uh, local advertisements for Monday Night Raw and for SmackDown Live with Paul Heyman on Raw and Eric Bischoff on SmackDown, on these posters, these these visual things. And it said, you know, come buy tickets to Monday Night Raw, see what Paul Heyman's got in store, and here's some matches and superstars that'll be there. SmackDown Live, come see SmackDown, Eric Bischoff will be there, blah, 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 blah. But they're being advertised like they're, number one, they're being advertised like they're going to be on screen. And number two, it sounds like these guys are going right to work, which wasn't, denied or confirmed in WWE's original reports. Now, some people are saying, well, obviously this was in the books for a long time because this local material is out there. Well, number one, yeah, of course this was in the in the works for a long time. Whether people knew it or not, and I don't think anybody knew it, but whether people knew it or not, it's not like they just figured on Monday they would do this and then announced it on Thursday. 
You know what I mean? This is one of those things that you think about for a long time, and then you talk to the interested parties, and then you talk to your trusted uh, compatriots, and then and then you go from there. Like, this was a decision that I'm sure was many, 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 many weeks in the making for all parties involved. I just don't think that many people knew about it. But in terms of the flyers being evidence that a lot of people knew about it, that's ridiculous. Like, I could make those flyers. There are PNGs out there. I wouldn't even have to, you know, edit out the background to put all the superstars. Every single time we do an episode of Not Sam Wrestling, there's a, a, a poster made with the Not Sam Wrestling logo on it and a superstar. That's on the, whoever I'm interviewing that week. I make those on my MacBook. As soon as I'm done recording the podcast, I just make the little graphic. It takes five minutes. It's not a difficult task, okay? We're not, this isn't 1994. Like, it's 2019. It would take five seconds to make those uh, uh, promotional materials. And some people are like, well, you know, but there were hard copies that were sent out. Which, that I mean, if there were hard copies, getting hard copies made, printed, and sent would take three days. If they popped up on Friday, Thursday, you know, you could send it out on Tuesday or Wednesday, announce it the next day. If you print those on Wednesday and send them out, you announce on Thursday and they're there on Friday, yeah, priority mail and access to a printing press. I think WWE can handle both of those things. And in terms of the digital release, they literally could have made it an hour before the digital releases came out. So I don't think that that... that tips the hat to like, like this being a creative plan for a long time and everybody knew about it um, at all. But I do think that it's interesting because already we're at this place where first we were saying, I don't know if they're going to be used on screen to now it's part of what is being advertised. I've been on this podcast talking about how much I like uh, Raw and SmackDown being different since the brand split. I'm a fan of the brand split when the brands are kept separate. I think that having uh, a mix and match of superstars on each roster hurts the integrity of the brand split and makes it so that people aren't as interested. You know, They don't know who's on which brand. I don't know who's on which brand. You know, At this point, Samoa Joe is challenging Kofi Kingston, and it takes two weeks before I realize, oh, I guess technically Samoa Joe's a Raw guy, right? Like, you don't even realize you're watching an interpromotional match. Even at the last pay-per-view with Alexa Bliss and Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It didn't really even occur to me that this was technically an interpromotional match, which, you know, a year ago was, was an advertising point. It was, a, it was a selling point. It was interesting. So, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, well, there's two separate brands, but it's all the same guys. And you go, well, there are Raw and SmackDown guys, that are divided. I still have my uh, Mattel figure shelves with people divided between the rosters, but I would have to go to the website to figure out who should be on which shelf if, you know, if they fell over. So I, that's why I responded to this positively. That's why uh, my first response is I like Eric Bischoff on TV. I like Paul Heyman on TV. I like that these are two guys who know how to run wrestling companies. I like that these are two guys who haven't run the shows in a very long time, even if they're going to be working under Vince McMahon. Any of you that have ever worked in a corporate environment, when there is new upper-middle management working directly under a boss, you know that's when things change. You know, they have this window 
where they're going to have kind of uh, uh, carte blanche to try to prove themselves and change things. That's just the way corporations work. That's, and that's all corporations are kind of like that. When the new guy comes in, he's given a, a little bit more free reign to try some things before we settle into exactly how he does things and what the role is going to be. And I think that that's what you're going to see progress probably for the rest of the summer. I think the point here and a lot of decisions that the WWE is making is to get ready for October. And that's not AEW related. That's Fox related. I think WWE wants to go to Fox and just be fired out of a cannon. I think the WWE wants to impress Fox with their offering. I think the WWE wants Fox to think to themselves, as much money as we paid for WWE to be running TV on our network, we got a deal. I think that's where that's where this, this cause for action is. Not about somebody else doing TV, but about the idea that, okay, we're going to be debuting on network television. Fox paid a lot of money for it. Let's impress them. Let's knock their socks off. And how are we going to do that? By, by bringing in some fresh ideas and creating something over the summer that will culminate in October with everything running on all cylinders. That is, in my opinion, what is going on right now. It's not necessarily let's hit the panic button and let's do something. It's we got to try, let's try something else. Let's try something else. Let's try this now. And I don't think this is a short-term fix. I think that the, the, the WWE is invested in this fix. And again, I think that this is something that has been uh, thought about and at play for some time. But I think it's all about creating the most interesting product going into October so that that first Friday in October, as many people as humanly possible are clicking over to Fox to see what's going on on SmackDown. And then at the same time, with USA paying even more money for Raw than they ever had before, those people are tuning into Raw to see what does Paul Heyman have in store for us. I'm interested, man. And I can't wait to turn on TV on Monday night and see what this means for Raw. I can't wait to turn on TV Tuesday night and see what this means for SmackDown. And I don't think it's going to mean that much immediately. But I do think that you're going to see, like, look, SmackDown was at some, maybe at its best in the very beginning of the draft. When this first incarnation of the draft started and Shane McMahon was in charge of SmackDown, it was amazing because it felt fresh. It felt new. There were different TV, cam there were different camera angles happening on SmackDown at a period of time. It felt like a very different show from Raw. And that's when it was its most exciting. And I think that I think that these shows not only have to differentiate themselves, but once they differentiate themselves, have to have a little bit of runway room to grow. We're at July right now. We're starting this July. We've got all of July, all of August, and all of September. And I think that that's what you're going to see. Three months of run. We, we, we're we're going to make this change, then three months of runway room headed in to Fox and what we've got to offer. There's no doubt that creatively... Paul Heyman can offer tremendous television. The only downfall of ECW was on the business side. In the last days of ECW, they were still creatively running on all cylinders. I know this because I was an ECW super fan. I was sitting in the audience at the last pay-per-view. When WCW went out of business, and this was, you know, Eric Bischoff had been, had been completely 
run through the whole gauntlet. Okay, he had been fired. He had been brought back. He had been fired again. It was insane. So Eric Bischoff's handprints weren't necessarily on WCW at the end of WCW. The same way Paul Heyman's handprints were on ECW at the end of ECW. But when ECW went away, the fans were saying, say it ain't so, we miss you. I mean, there were years. I remember we were sitting there, ECW fans Wait, no, there's got to be another pay-per-view. There's got to be another show. Oh, I hear Tommy Dreamer's working on something. Oh, I hear Shane Douglas is working on something. Like, oh, maybe Paul Heyman's going to come back. All we were doing was waiting. That's why there have been so many ECW reunions for years. Because people were, were so hungry for more, we weren't ready to let it go. Because as I said, creatively, ECW was still running on all cylinders. It's just as a business, they weren't able to maintain WCW, on the other hand, did not have that kind of love when they went away. However, creatively, when Eric Bischoff was in charge of the company and was at, it, at, at, at his most powerful, he was the only person to ever beat Raw consistently. For a moment, WCW was the premier wrestling company in the country of the United States of America. And that was because of Eric Bischoff. Again, you listen to Eric Bischoff, and he tells you that the reason that, that WCW lost its footing and the reason that WCW became what WCW did, which was, you know, a, 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 a nothing compared to what it was, was because other parties got involved, was because uh, the corporate brass started dictating what was going to happen in WCW. WCW got so successful that Turner executives came in and started putting their fingerprints all over it and made it impossible, Eric Bischoff says, for him to execute creatively what he wanted to execute. So now you've got two guys who really would argue themselves that they were outdone by, by, by sources more powerful than them and not their own creativity. And you could certainly make the argument that that's true now being put into positions where all they have to do is worry about the creative. Now, you'll still have Vince McMahon and the powers that be in WWE dictating at the end of the day what happens or doesn't happen, but Vince is a very, very, very smart man. He's a genius. He's one of the few geniuses of the world. There's not that many geniuses. Vince McMahon is a genius. And he may have the ability to sit there and say, let me see what the most positive aspects of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are. Their creativity. I can stop them where I need to stop them, but other than that, let me just let these guys go and see what they would do in the sandbox that I've created. And you might end up with a pretty cool castle. I'm really optimistic about the whole thing. Some people are pessimistic. As long as Vince is there, nothing changes. Okay. Well, WWE has evolved and changed over the years more than almost any other company. How many entertainment companies have been around as long as WWE has and have succeeded on the level that WWE has. Very, very few. Especially all under the same leadership. So, you know, I think that Lorne Michaels is a genius. I think Steve Jobs is a genius. I think Vince McMahon is a genius. There are other geniuses, but I'm not going to name them all. You know what I mean? This is a wrestling podcast, not a genius podcast. But I'm optimistic that Vince McMahon is aware that in these two people, he's got brains that were creative enough that they changed the industry. Eric Bischoff changed the wrestling industry with the product that he put out. Paul Heyman 
changed the wrestling industry with the product that he put out. Both of them did this with their creativity. It was no sneaks. It was no like, well, they were only able to do this because of this business move, that business move. They both did it with the creativity on those shows. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were able to create wrestling shows that made it so wrestling fans felt like they could not miss it. I felt like I could not miss an ECW show. I felt like even though I was a WWE fan, I still needed to switch over to Nitro to see what was going on over there. And for a moment in time, I said, maybe I'm not a WWE fan. I'm not a WCW fan. Maybe I'm an NWO fan. That's how strong this thing was. And at the end of the day, you could say, well, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, these are WWE ideas. And you'd be right across the board. But you got to... Give the guy in charge credit for the good stuff as much as you blame him for the bad stuff. And that's Eric Bischoff for you. I'm excited. Change is good. Right now, as it is most times, change is good. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. What is going to happen? I can't wait to see. But I'm glad we got to talk about it. Tweet me your opinions and whatnot, um, and, and we'll address it more. Uh, on the podcast when it drops Thursday morning. You can see the video for this show exclusively at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. You can listen or watch the uh, AEW Fighter Fest post-show exclusively at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And I will see you right here on Thursday when Not Sam Wrestling is back. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam.